Welcome in to the bad fan. If you didn't know, the Braves are doing it again. Will they be stopped? We'll have to see. Will Erling Holland double the Premier League Golden Boot record? I don't know. We'll have to see. And if the middle of your week was getting boring, don't worry because Champions League is back, baby. Your journey discussing all of this and more begins now. Hello and welcome back into the bad fan. I'm your host, Brandon Paisnick, and we are glad to have you alongside us today. Cole obviously will not be joining us today, which means we will most definitely be going off the rails. And there's no, there's no better place to start than with our first question of the day. Steven, I don't know if you saw this before I wrote it, but if you had to combine two athletes to create one super athlete, who would they be and why? Wow. Two athletes? Hurry. Um, I got to go with the six foot eight great um, Dr. Disrespects international video gaming superstar, uh, 37 inch vertical leap. Um, anyways, you can throw a football 70, 70 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's one of them. And then for my other athlete, I would probably choose first thing that's coming to my head because I just watched the Rams game, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald and Dr. Disrespect mashed together <laughs> would be just an absolute freak of nature. Oh my God. Um, I don't know if yeah, Cole's going to be able to do like a face mash or you know how those apps do oh, yeah. whatever. Maybe Cole can put something together, but that is an awesome super athlete but no i did not see that question so that's that's straight (laughs) off straight off the rip straight off the rails well getting back to to the sports world we are going to begin today's journey with the famous braves can you start us off steve oh my gosh yes the braves sweep the mets they reach 100 wins for the first time since 2003 that's a huge deal. Um, the Braves right now, they are currently one and a half games ahead of the Mets, um, but sweeping the Mets on Sunday, putting two games um, alone in first place. Um, the Mets come at the Braves with Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, all the weapons they stocked up this past offseason um, just to throw at the Braves. And what did Dansby do in fashion with his contract expiring this year? Hits a home run off of all three starters. That's absolutely insane. Um, that was incredible. I believe he sits at 25 home runs right now, having a monster finish uh, to the season after a pretty slow September. Um, Kenley Jansen shuts up the haters with three consecutive saves. This series had it all. It was beautiful. Um, Kenley Jansen, by the way, Leads the National League and saves at 40 and is one behind um, for the MLB lead in saves. Wow. So Actually? Actually. 40 <clears throat> saves. Number one is Tyler Chase for the Cleveland Guardians at 41 saves. Jansen with a 3.43 ERA. So haters going to hate, but Jansen's going to close the game on seven pitches. And that's what he did on Sunday night against the New York Mets to just send the new york media into a frenzy (laughs) did you see that guy oh man what was it it was probably before the all-star break that was like the nl east is over i don't even want to give him the time of day because it's so annoying but did you saw that yeah i saw the clip i think it was with like sny sports too so it's pretty funny Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, it obviously wasn't over, um, and it's actually still not over. The Braves could slip up. They lost to the Marlins tonight when we were recording. Um, I believe the Mets game got postponed, didn't it? Uh, yes, the postponing against the Nationals. So right now the Braves sit one and a half games uh, ahead of the Mets. The Braves are going to have to get swept by the Marlins, and then the Mets are going to have to sweep uh, the Nationals. And I know we just talked about making statements at fact, but that was during the All-Star game. We have three games left of the season, two games for the Braves. All barring like a random turn of events, the Braves have won their fifth straight National League East um division series title so that's awesome um and the bats are getting hot just at the perfect time i mentioned dansby had kind of a slow september mm-hmm. so did matt olsen and austin riley olsen also hit three home runs in this mets series alone riley goes deep off jacob Degrom. i mean this series literally had everything it was it was incredible um you got to see the Mets three best pitchers you got to see the Braves bullpen um shout out Jesse Chavez uh in the depth it was clear that the Braves hold the advantage over the depth the eight nine you know seven hitters for the Braves they're just the depth of this team just speaks volumes going into this playoff series and to get to some guys some rest um hopefully not being a wild card team I'm pretty stoked yeah i remember one of our previous episodes you said if the braves happen to have won the nl east on some crazy run that they want to remind to remind everyone the mets have not been bad either they've been a very good baseball team all year um it's just that the braves really took it from them to be completely honest um they just sort of went into a different gear uh after the all-star break and seemingly are going to win the NL East, which is, is, is crazy to say, Steve, with this series that was just played, I mean, it really, it felt like a playoff series. Um, Uh, yeah, like we said, it had everything. The atmosphere in Atlanta was incredible. Um, what are your expectations for the Mets? Um, I'm not sure who they're going to end up playing. Um, you probably know, but what should Mets fans be looking forward to as they go into this postseason? Here's the thing. Uh, the New York Mets, they're they're landing still on a team that is going to the playoffs with Scherzer, DeGrom, Chris Bassett, um, you know, Edwin Diaz in the bullpen, Pete Alonso, like all, Brent Lindor. Like these guys don't just go away just because they lose the right. division. So if you're a right. Mets fan, you're still playing October baseball. Relax. Uh, the Braves, like I said, Best regular season record so far since 2003. 19 years it's been since the Braves have snapped off 100 wins. Um, So it's one of those situations where a World Series is not won during the regular season. Um, The overall record does not guarantee you the title. You can ask the Dodgers all about that just with one title in the past 20 years, really. So, um, yeah, so it's... You know, legends are born in October, right? Expanded playoff series, um, and the Mets find themselves probably. It depends. Uh, the NL East could be sending three teams to the playoffs, with the Phillies trying to hold on for another wild card spot, which is wild. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so it depends what these next couple of days shake up to be. But if I'm a Mets fan, I'm excited. Um, I'm expecting to. Honestly, I the expectation still has to be go to the championship series for the National League. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, you slipped up. You got to use this as fuel to be angry, go out there and play with um, some attitude and whatnot. And honestly, this series could help you. Um, if I'm trying to be an optimist, you threw out your, your Trump card and DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, and it didn't work out. It's time to do some soul searching. It's time to, you know, grit it out, figure out how you're going to win these playoff series. And you got yeah. a sneak peek this past weekend against the defending world champions. So you can't be too upset. Um, you had a 10 and a half game lead over the Braves though. And that slipped Crazy. away. Ten and a half games, just uh, those trumpets couldn't save you. But you know what? It's it's nice. You got to drown out all the music, drown out the trumpets, drown out all the fame, all this like media attention, and just win on what's in front of you on the field. And you just got a feeling over this series of this weekend of no matter who was up for the Atlanta Braves against any pitcher, it was a big key moment. But you didn't get that with the Mets. You got town towards um, – yeah, some of the guys, you got Darren Ruff, they went out and got with a right-handed bat, or some guys like that. And then you have A.J. Minter, Rossio Iglesias. Um, Spencer Strider is going to be a bullpen monster to be released in the playoffs. It's just the Mets don't really have that. So uh, I would say the better team came out, and not just because I'm a Braves fan, and uh, won the division this year. So, But if I'm a Mets fan, chill out. You'll be fine. Yeah, and th- that means – on their side, they'll probably they'll play the Dodgers, won't they? They'll have to go through the Dodgers, probably. I don't know how the new bracket is set up. Um, I don't think it'll be the Dodgers. I think it's the worst wildcard team will be playing the Dodgers, which is probably going to be those Phils. I think the Brewers and Giants are still kind of in that as well. So they'll be mm-hmm. dodging those guys. They'll be dodging the Dodgers, uh, pretty sure. Um, and they'll, they'll play, playing play like a Padres and, team. Uh, um, hmm. So... I'm actually not too sure, but later episode. But again, right. I think the expectation is still top tier. Yeah. With Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in the game. Yeah. Um, the bullpen, as in Edwin Diaz, fantastic year. Um, yeah, it's just time. It, it's October. You have to look at it as a new season, a brand right. new season. Will Smith <clears throat> right. going in to the playoffs last year for the Braves, I think of. He shoved 11 scoreless innings for the Braves in the playoffs and led us to that World Series title. So mm-hmm. those stats, those batting lines, those ERAs all go to zero. So, yeah, again, like the legend says, you know, legends are born in October. So I'm excited to see um, the heroes come out of this month. Yeah, the Mets will be looking for some hero moments uh, in the playoffs, which happens every year, you know, some crazy moments. Um, but they did get swept by the best uh, the best team in baseball. Um, not the best team in baseball. What am I trying to say? Historically, um, the best team in baseball, maybe. Anywho, a team that would have something to say about that is the New York Yankees. You know, we couldn't not mention Aaron Judge and, and yeah. the, the precipice of history he is on. Um, I mean, I can just say, wow, first of all. Well, he's on 61 home runs. Um, but can you give us a little bit more? Yeah, uh, 61 home runs, and lo and behold, is kind of silently on this triple crown chase right now, uh, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, league leading in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. Aaron Judge is a freak of nature. And again, this is a guy the Yankees offered him a contract at the beginning of the season. He said no, and he's going to get paid an un 
godly amounts of money. Right now, I think he sits 20 home runs above second place in the AL home run race. So I think he's at 62. I forget who's second off the top of my head, but he sits 20 home runs above um, anyone even touching this guy. Uh, it's What he's doing is absolutely insane. That's insane. Um, I was even reading some reports that the Yankees were telling him to wait to New York to break the record and all this crazy stuff because they wanted it to be in Yankee Stadium. And I don't know. It's just crazy with New York media. But Aaron Judge does it, tunes out the – I mean, this guy's been playing on his contract <laughs> year. One of the biggest names in sports drowns all it out on your contract year. And I, I just – I have no idea. Does he stay in New York? Do they – like he's single-handedly saved this Yankees team from free fall at some points in the dog days of summer. Like mm. these Yankees teams look fantastic to start the year and he single-handedly just would pull them out. It's like, what did Aaron judge do tonight? Oh, you hit home run. He's also walked over 120 times. I'm pretty sure as well. So insane, absolutely insane. Yeah. Once in generation well, talent. Yeah. Well, he's a beast. And that will be the talk of the offseason. You know, we'll see what the Yankees can do in the postseason. Um, but that contract situation will be definitely the talk of the summer, sort of how Freddie was this past summer. Yeah. Um, and then the next summer, I think we also have um, Shohei. His contract is is ending as well in 20, yeah. 23, Sho 24. Yeah, Shohei so. agreed with an extension with the Angels uh, for this next coming year for $36 million for one year. I and mean, he's I, worth it. You you said he's he's probably the best baseball player ever. I I it's hard to disagree I'm, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, this guy has a two four year array. He has like thirty five bombs and hit two. Yeah. Anyways, I think Shohei Otani. I mean, Otani and Aaron Judge are just in a league of their own right now. Um. So, but yes, that contract situations are fun to look at. Yeah. Well, baseball is heating up as we come into october and the postseason it's gonna be a fun one like it always is so please stick with us steve will give all of the analysis on the upcoming series and all of that um because he's a he's an expert so um we're gonna we're gonna slide into another atlanta sports team um the mls is actually for me hard to follow right now with all the sports going on college football's back nfl's back we have Premier League, all the other uh, national leagues. We have Champions League, um, Europa League, Europa. Con I mean, we have so much sports to watch that the MLS, for me, unfortunately, just sort of drops. But Atlanta United lost to New England on the weekend, um, which means that their playoff hopes ended. Um, they they will not be making the playoffs this year and honestly don't deserve it, right, Steve? I mean, they, they've been awful all year. They're, the, the team's actually had probably one of the worst injury bugs I've ever seen out of a soccer club. It's, it's been awful. Um, their best 11 has probably not played all but twice or three times this year. Um, but still, this Atlanta United team should be making the playoffs. And it's just... It's just a huge letdown. Um, the club's going in a weird direction, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is a team. You mentioned that injury bug. It started at the beginning of the year, um, and it's it's like that GTA meme, like, oh, here we go again. Like, honestly, <laughs> with this Atlanta United team with injuries, it's been insane. So, which you could use as an excuse, um, but you look at the teams that Atlanta United has dropped points to this year, 
and with the players on the field are still millions of dollars more on the field for Atlanta United than a lot of these other MLS opponents. And the rest of the league, like, you know, doing some, like, looking at some Reddit pages and whatnot, Atlanta United is kind of like this spoiled brat that came into the league with Tata Martino, Miguel, all these crazy players, won the league in two years, and now has a lot of money in the field, goes out, biggest MLS transfer with, uh, you know, Gonzalo Martinez when he came by, and then now Tiago Amada and Ezekiel mm-hmm. Barco spending all of this money and I'm finally at the point where I'm like, for what? I, I love the big signings, but it's not working out. Atlanta United just underperforming the entire year. We don't deserve uh, to go to the playoffs. But, you know, they rattle off a couple of results, and I got I got my hopes up. I was texting Brandon, yeah. and Brandon would try to bring me back down to earth and grab me by my ankles. He's like, hey, man, it's not, it's not happening this year. And, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, result is deserved. Josef Martinez scores goal of the year, maybe potentially. It's it's got to be in the conversation. Uh, almost like a half volley bike. I wouldn't consider it a full bike, but yeah, it was I don't like know. right over the head. But it was sort it of wasn't right over the, the head. Served you know, in off the corner. The three quarters <laughs> for a pitcher. Yeah. But his, his leg. <laughs> his angle was at, a, anyways. Oh, 45 it, degrees. <laughs> it was a hell of a goal. Man, Gorgeous. it was amazing. And you can't, I might just have a desire for the dramatic of Theta, but yeah. it, you can't help <laughs> this guy coming off the bench. Again in scoring, Again. not in the starting eleven in a must-win game. All of this drama with Josef Martinez. It's just that's been the most frustrating thing with me uh approaching the end of the season with uh Atlanta United, Brandon. How about how about you? What are you what are your feelings on <clears throat> this drama and this whole situation with Josef Martinez? Yeah, you know, it's it's really hard. He's still he still scores goals. With such limited amount of time, um, you know, I I'm sure he's hard to deal with, you know, in the locker room sometimes, or maybe in some meetings and things like that. But he really just wants to win. He wants to be the best team, and I I can't sit here and hate him for that. You know who I don't think wants to be the best team? Carlos Bocanegra. Mm. Um, you know who I don't think wants to be the best team? Gonzalo Pineda. Unfortunately, and I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Um, how Carlos Bocanegra didn't he get a, co- a contract extension or a new contract this year? Yeah. Um, how? And then I don't know if this is true. I'm making it up, but you probably follow the money and you figure out how, right? And it's not really yeah. it's not really his doing, right? You just sign the most expensive player, and you still have Joseph and all this and. Atlanta is a massive city with probably the most fans um, nationally, internationally. So it's like, of course, like you're going to make a lot of money, but you aren't doing anything to create a team. I, 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 I don't feel like we have a, a team. It just feels like a, a lot of money on the field and then like stop gaps where we couldn't spend money because of the MLS rules. And yeah. all of that is Carlos Bocanegra. All of that. It is his fault for the team that is on the field. Now, the injuries aren't, but it is his fault 
for what the, the inconsistencies in a lot of that play. Now, the players also take the blame. Gonzalo Pineda also has to take the blame. Okay, it, it, they don't all work in you know their own zones. They all work together. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm I'm not sure. I think my internet went out. But nice. Um, yeah. So where was I? So yeah, the front office is definitely to blame. Carlos Bocanegra needs needs to really go or really have some help. You know, someone actually who knows what they're doing because um, they have to put together a team first. Um, and then those players who are bought or who are on that team need to go perform to the level that they're expected because they're not doing that. Hmm. And then three, Gonzalo Pineda needs to coach better. We look, we, we, so, you know, we look lost in the offensive side of the field lost in the midfield and lost at defense and goalkeeper for that matter. There is no consistency all the way through that lineup. I, every time I watch a game, I'm just like, what are we doing? It's like, you can tell like we're on the brink or we could be on the brink of being something great, but then we can't score goals. Cause Joseph Martinez isn't on the field <laughs> for whatever reason. And I just, I just don't know. It's a team that really confuses me. Gonzalo Pineda, in my opinion, also needs to go. Um, he's had his time here. Um, and I think we need a high-profile coach, to be completely honest. Um, like a higher one that we've never seen, probably in the MLS. You know, if we want to keep pushing this MLS train forward, which we really haven't been, you know, it's sort of Austin's shoulder that, and LAFC's kept up with it, and yeah, we we need to get back on the map and in a good way. Um, I miss Tata. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'll I'll come at it with I think the probably the most overused soccer term ever: pragmatic um, approach. Uh, makes me sound smart like an analyst. Um, I'll, no, I won't say yeah. I won't say disagree with you, but I look at Atlanta United this year on the field and who has been the most impactful players. And it's you know Tiago Almada is up for Player of the Season for Atlanta United for sure. But you look at the deal of business that Atlanta United did and bringing in Andrew Guntman, loaning him out last year um, to MLS side FC Cincinnati, um, and he's had a fantastic year over in the left back position, scoring goals. Um, and Parata coming from uh, Liga and Mecki. And like these deals don't have to be monumentous, I think is kind of what I'm trying to get at. And it's, I think of the Darlington Nagbys, a, a target allocated money deal for $1.1 million, a glue of that Atlanta United um, kind of champion roster team, as opposed to, I think, what Atlanta United is now is. You know, let's sign Jurgen Dam. He used to be the fastest player, and he's a Mexican star. Okay, and it's it's these weird. You want you need to have the consistency, a kind of a balance to your squad of maybe your big splash signing Tiago Almada. Like, Atlanta United still own the rights to Ezekiel Barco on loan right now at River Plate. Like, we still technically yeah. have him, you know, and we have Josef Martinez and all these different we have Luis Arujo like super fun signing i love Luis Arujo amazing i 
and I and I'm not gonna say you know I wouldn't dare say he does a problem, but it's I think it's the mo the money behind the signing. I think in the thought process behind these kinds of signings are like, oh yeah, like yeah, let's go get a guy that just won the French League, you know, even though like and he's been he's been very good on the field, but we're paying, I, in my opinion, we're pay, Atlanta United's paying top dollar for MLS level productivity out of out of a guy like Luis Arujo. And I'm sorry, that might be a hot take. I, he's there's moments where he on the ball, he's better than anybody on the field and one trillion percent. But stats and facts kind of don't hurt your feelings, like don't care about your feelings at the end of the mm-hmm. season. And yeah. at the end of the day, you have MLS salary level non-designated player. Like, what would it look like? To have a guy like, I don't know, like, you know, Paul Ariola or Tito Vialba or whatever whatever it is. Not a guy that's going to go out and expectation to get 15 goals, 10 assists on the year. But to just do his job and maybe you keep the Barco. Maybe you keep the Josef and you get Almada. Does it look different? I don't know. But I think, yeah, I think Atlanta United has to do some soul searching, honestly. Pineda's already confirmed to stay at the club. That's a statement set out by Atlanta United that Pineda will be the coach for Atlanta United next year. They have said that, and the rumors tend to be on where is Josef going to go? You know, is this finally the battle that Josef loses? Um, he won it against Frank DeBoer. He won it against Gabriel Heinze. Um, but is, is he over it? Is he over it as a player? He wants to start. He's he's still showing that he can score goals. And at the end of the day, it's kind of if you don't want me, if you're not going to play me, you know, I wouldn't put it past Josef Martinez to go somewhere else. So it, it's kind of a scary point right now at this club of what's going on. <laughs> you know, like we signed Guzan to an extension, which was cool, I guess. I don't know. It's. There needs to be a shift and Robinson going down with an Achilles injury and just all these injuries can't be understated. However, Atlanta United, I think is best to me when you have the guys that are playing in their positions, like an Eric remedy, uh, Darlington Nagby, uh, a Gutman this season was, I cannot be understated how important he was to this club. Um, yeah. and stepping up after George Bello leaving to, to Germany. So, I don't know. I think I'll I think I'll leave it there for my own uh, take on Atlanta United. It's going to be interesting. I do agree though with you, Brandon. I don't know if Pineda's the guy. I would love to bring in a coach, but it's like who do you bring in? Got to make sure he fits the club. It seems so hard, and that's where you go back to your heat on Bacanegra, right? Like, get yeah. it right, get it right. Like it's the scouting, it's the you know Darren Eels is gone now too, and so it's going to be a very interesting time for Atlanta United to see how we navigate player salaries, MLS rules of wages and stuff like that and see where this club can be. But expectation has to be playoffs this next year. I don't care. Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, this, I can't honestly right now. I can't even think of next year. Um, this off season has to be not even a huge off season. It just has to be team building. There's been inconsistencies yeah. all across the board. Like we've laid out and if Gonzalo Pineda is the coach and stays, that's totally fine by me. But then you have to back whatever system he's trying to implement, right? Yeah. Soccer is a system game. It's not a really like a player game anymore. Um, and the MLS has gotten to a standard 
a high, a relatively high standard, you know, from where it used to be, um, it used to look like high school soccer, um, to now it's like, you can't just put the best players on the field and tell them to go. <laughs> like you have to actually come up with roles with tactics and Gonzalo Pineda gets out coached almost every game. And, um, it doesn't see, I don't know, just the chemistry is not there. And then obviously players under are underperforming and then results aren't going. It's just, it was an awful year for Atlanta United. Um, but let's turn the page. Let's hopefully, you yeah. know, leave, leave some optimism there. We have still one of the best teams on paper um, in the MLS. If Gonzalo Pineda can get his system implemented, whatever that is, he's had a year and a half now to do so. <laughs> uh, which is hard. It's crazy that that just came out of my mouth. And I'm actually yeah. thinking, wow, he's been here for that long. Yeah. Um, then it could be different. But um, our MLS um preview for for next season i will not be as optimistic on atlanta united let's just say that okay one good thing Go one good Go thing that i just was thinking about was atlanta united scored a lot of goals awesome set pieces this year it was kind of fun yeah. watching us actually get some headers and like center back scoring hat tricks like parata um that was that was crazy yeah and defend like defenders like gunman again scoring goals and that kind of stuff, but I don't know. But see, you're saying if that's the system, maybe playing more, less of that trio up front. I don't know. I don't know. But who knows? Miles Robinson coming back is going to be huge. Um, that that as well, yeah. So, but anyways, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, we'll turn the page on that. Um, the MS playoffs is coming up. Uh, I think there's only one game left in the in the regular season, so pretty much taken shape and that will also be exciting so make sure you tune in there all right now we move into the champions league the champions and really it's it's an amazing time we're still in the group stages this is game week three i believe um and there's probably one storyline i mean there's a lot of storylines but one storyline that really stands out to me um and it's really it sits with Chelsea. Um, Chelsea are on one point, sitting the bottom of their group right now, and they take on AC Milan um, at Stamford Bridge. Um, that's on Wednesday. So Milan is actually at the top with four points. Um, Steve, is there massive pressure for Chelsea to get their first win on Wednesday? No. Um, I don't think so. Um, if there was, you wouldn't have fired Thomas Tuchel. Sorry, I'm gonna go back to that. Uh, Graham Potter. Um, I will say, I'll say there's pressure on to see something positive out of the Chelsea side. I think they're hoping for a draw, uh, a win. Being realistic, that's not. We're still early on in these group stages, making the second rounds. I'm playing everybody in their group. I still think Chelsea will be okay. Um, I think they'll make it past the group because I just I just can't see them not. But you got to get a draw. If you if you lose at home, you said it's at Stamford Bridge. It's against a team in AC Milan that's top of the group right now. A very good team. So you can't be too down. But you have to see some positives. You need to see a plan. And if you lose, you know, it's kind of expected, honestly. Um, 
But I would say Chelsea's looking for a point. I don't know your thoughts on that. I think there's massive pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Less so on the coach, but more on the team to put in a great performance. And whether it's ugly or pretty, it doesn't really matter to just get their first win. Um, and with a win, depending on the results, they could go um, top of the group. So, it, you know, because it is still early on, but Chelsea's a team that usually runs the groups, um, never really sits at the bottom. So I, I think there's a lot of pressure here. And honestly, ever since the beginning of the year, they have not played consistently well. Um, so and, and they should have tied this weekend if it was, or uh, maybe not tied, but I think the result could have been a lot different and we'll get into that later. Um, but I, I really do think there's, there's massive pressure for these players. Um, to, to go get a win. And I'm not sure who's gonna, who's going to go out there. Um, yeah, you know, (laughs) Graham Potter has a lot of questions still, um, still has a lot of questions about this Chelsea team. Um, and honestly, Graham Potter with his tactical flexibility, you just never know what he's going to do. Uh, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, not for really me to decide, but, I, I do think it's a ma- I think they have to win this game and it would be a, it would be a good statement win for them as well going forward. They, they yeah. need to start picking up momentum, especially if they want to get further up in the Premier League um, and really want to have their hopes on going deep in the Champions League this year. Yeah, it would be great. But like you said, it's still I don't know. Like you said, if they win, you said they could go top of the group. That's how early we are. I mean, it's it's in we're in panic mode. Um it's the but, Chelsea standard, though, man. They're, they're trophy, 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 and they're not looking like it at all. Well, you just fired a guy that won you the Champions League <laughs> again. I just – I can't not nah, – I'm still – call me a little bitter. It just doesn't – I think that's where my head immediately goes to, well, it's just, probably not pressure <laughs> because if they care, then they wouldn't have fired the guy that won this tournament for them. Um, right. But anyways, yeah, on the players, though, for sure. Um, everybody trying to impress that new manager and find their starting spot. Like you said, still curious who's in that starting 11. Yeah, so we will see on Wednesday how that turns out and who who turns out. Um, should be a fun game. Probably the best game as well out of this week three. Um, the second best game I have on here has Benfica versus PSG. Um, I sort of wrote off Benfica. Um, but they are both on six points with a three goal differential. Um, and they both sit tied at the top of the group. Um, do we expect PSG to put their stamp on, on the group with a big win here? Or is it us downplaying Benfica again? Um, yeah, I mean, you're expecting, uh, manager club, uh, strategist (laughs) transfer head, head of scouting and the best player on the team, Kylian Mbappe to put a stamp on this game. Uh, the guy that missed Mr. PSG. So yeah, I mean, that's the expectation. It always is for PSG. It's the kind of the joke that never gets old of champions league. So go out. doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter who they're playing. Um, yeah. they paid the money for Mbappe to stay. They have a Messi. They have an Amar. They have a great team. So they'll be looking to really stamp this game. I think Benfica will make it. And you said that's a good shout. Second best game of the, of the week. Um, I think it'll be a, a great game. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's a fun one. 
Um, but I also think it could get ugly, but I, I'm not going to play down Benfica. They're a good team and they've proven themselves time and time again. So go watch that game. It's going to be great. Also on Wednesday. Um, but out of this group, there's also Juventus. Um, they have two losses already in this group stage, but they do get to play. Oh man. I don't know if I could pronounce it, but Maccabee, um, Haifa, um, anywho, um, one of the worst teams in the tournament, to be honest. Um, Juve really need to show up in this game if they want to pursue their knockout round dreams with the way Benfica and PSG are playing, I think. Yeah. Um, Juventus, I mean, yeah, like you said, they're playing uh, Maccabee Haifa. They're in the Israeli yeah. Premier League. They're the top team in the Israeli in the Israeli League. But yeah, Juve, though, I don't think there's any expectations on this year for the Champions League. The club's in... God, so much turmoil right now. Um, why am I blanking on the manager's name right now? Oh gosh, you just threw that on me. I'm terrible with names. So Anyways, but yeah, uh, Juventus they haven't been at their best. The old lady hasn't been um, hasn't been up to par uh, in Champions League for a little while now. So it's a it's a win. They got Allegri, right? Allegri. Yeah, Allegri. That's who it is. Um, Allegri needs to uh God, yeah, I mean it needs to be an authoritative win right now. Uh, they're not really doing good in Syria, Champions League. They need to step it up. Yeah, they do. So anywho, pay attention to that Juventus game if you want. I will not be watching it or wasting my time watching it. They should um wipe them off the field, to be completely honest with you. The next game we have on here is Inter Milan versus Barcelona. I think these are our Dark Horse is playing each other, Steve. Oh. Um, so that's sort of fun. I forget who – who did Cole say was his Dark Horse? Do you remember? Um, I think he said uh, that last team that's playing Juventus, he said. That was from the oh. Israeli league, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Anywho, Inter versus Barca. Any thoughts on this game? You know I'm high on Barcelona. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Barcelona sits atop of the La Liga um, right now. Well, I guess they're tied on points right now with um, Real Madrid, but have the goal differential. So Barcelona, Xavi, let's get it together. Make me look smart. I guess last year, right, repping the Real Madrid jersey. Uh, But it's going to be a great game. Inter Milan, solid team as well looking to prove themselves. So it's going to be huge after Barca, seeing how they bounce back from that disappointing Bayern loss in the Champions League. Which they didn't um, look bad. They didn't look bad. No, they, they didn't look bad. In the first half, they looked fantastic. They just could not finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Barcelona comes out here and wins the game, maybe by a goal or two. They, I think they have a couple of injuries right now with Kunde out of the team. Seems like international break always strikes with some injuries. But I still think that uh, they can go out there because they put on Gerard Piquet probably uh, on the field in this team. And that guy has also been there and done that. So it's going to be a great game. Yeah, yeah. Should be fun. Um, probably the third best game of the week. Um, yeah, some other games in the Champions League to pay attention to. Marseille versus Sporting. Um, those two, I think, sit atop of that group, I want to say. Uh, no, actually, Sporting's in first. Marseille's last. Fourth, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's that's why I put that game on there. Should be good though. Both teams have played pretty well 
I think Marseille is sort of unfortunate to be at the bottom, to be honest. Um, Club Bruges sitting atop of their group. They play Atletico Madrid. That'll be an interesting matchup. Um, Frankfurt hosts Tottenham. Uh, any any comments there? Oh, man. I feel like I'm in a glass case of emotions when I watch this team. You know? We'll, we'll get into it. Save, save it. Save, we'll get yeah, into I'll it. Yeah, I'll just, second. yeah. It's going yeah, to be up. great. <laughs> um Ajax plays Napoli who also sits atop of their group. Um, God, that should be a yeah. fun one. That's going to be a great um, game. Napoli's flying, man. They are looking so good in the Champions League. They'll be looking to keep it going there. And then the last one maybe to pay attention to, maybe not. Sevilla versus Dortmund. Um I think they both sit in the middle of the group. I'm not entirely sure, but it's again, it's early on. All these games matter. Um that's the fun of the Champions League and tournament style football. So Turn a game on when you have time. The middle of your week will not be boring, and I promise you that. Okay, Premier League time, okay? This week in the Premier League, maybe not the best weekend for soccer. It, it was okay, but there were some crazy results. A couple derbies we're going to get into, and we're going to start with a, a massive one. Uh, the mm. Manchester Derby. Manchester City... I don't know if there's a word for it in the English language. There probably is, but killed Manchester United. I mean, this scoreline doesn't even really do the game justice. Um, Man City won six to three. Um, Man United's two of their goals came in the last like 15 minutes when the game was already over. Martial, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a double hat trick for Manchester City, which you don't rarely, I mean, you don't ever see six goals all that often, but a double hat trick is insane. Holland, of course, scoring um, one of them. I mean, he's he's an absolute machine. Um, he's up to 14 Premier League goals this year, which is crazy. I think he's on pace for 66 Premier League goals. That's over double the Premier League golden boot record. Um I guess we can start there. Foden had the other hat trick for, for, for both of these guys City. picking up uh, assists as well on each other's goals to keep yeah. in mind as well. Yeah, assisting, scoring goals, they can do it all. And they are under the age of 23. Um, probably the best young players in the world. Yeah, me too. Um, so let's just start there. Thoughts on yeah. Holland? Thoughts, thoughts on, on Holland. Holland. I mean, everybody has a thought. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, something interesting that his dad came out and said uh, earlier this week, talking about his golden child, Erling Holland, was how dang talented he was, and said maybe he'll spend two and a half seasons in the Premier League, then maybe he'll go to France, then maybe he'll go to Spain, and then maybe he'll go to Italy so he can just score goals in all the leagues. Talk about cocky ego pride or just really knowing how good your son is at the beautiful game um yeah he's a freak he's a freak of nature i think i had him winning the golden boot this year um but not breaking the record of muhammad salah i mean you gotta say he shatters it you know you you, Wait, you what, threw was the, that... what was the record last year? i mean not the record but what was the the race last year was it did it end at 18 or something low like how close was it? Was it into um, the twenties? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was into the twenties. Um, 
We'll have our we'll have our uh, our stat guy. Uh, he's I keep him <laughs> back there in the closet. Um, he'll uh, he'll send you a message. <laughs> keep it down. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll send us a message. Let us know. Off the rails yeah. we go. Off the rails we go. Uh, sorry, Cole. Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta say he shatters this record, right? Like, I, I think so. It, it's really you, you threw out that sixty-six number. Obviously, it's it's crazy to. You know, he's not going to score 66 goals for y'all out there that, you know, that's not going to happen. Probably but, not. Probably not. But <laughs> I think I, it's he's already has three hat tricks. Right. Yeah. It's insane. And I want to say it's his third consecutive on at the Etihad Stadium. I think in, I heard that as well. Yeah. In league play, which that's is right. absolutely insane. Three league home games. This past he's also scored in games. every he's Champions scored. League game as well, I think. I think he's up to 16 goals total on the year, I want to say. Yeah, I actually watched uh, some of the highlights uh, with Alexis, and um, <laughs> it was the goal that uh, who De Bruyne delivered a beautiful ball oh. into him, uh, the cross, and he slid. And you can see, like, as he's sliding, like, he's just waiting for the ball to get to him. And then he just gets forced behind it and like karate kicks it in the goal. It's just, it looks great. And then two seconds later, he's bodying on the left-hand side of the field and plays a beautiful ball and stride to Foden for the easiest finish. So easy. Steven Krill could do it. Um, but it's, <laughs> it, he's, he's a freak. Uh, I mean, you could be at risk of sounding like a broken record player, like everybody in the world is probably talking about Erling Holland um but yeah you know the guy can the guy can play and it's a shame that he's not going to be in the world cup this year um yeah seeing him play with norway it really is a shame so um but yeah you could even say that's more of a reason to think that he's going to score domestically yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. for his for his club so uh yeah yeah it's hard to think of a team really stopping him um it, He's just so good. I really hope he doesn't get injured, man. I just really, Stop. really hope. This will be this. his busiest season yet. Um, and the injury bug does hit teams, man. So we'll see. Um, but I, I really hope it doesn't hit him because he is just a joy to watch. I've never – I don't know if I've ever been this excited about a player that's not on my team. Um, absolutely phenomenal. But their team's full of them. I mean, like we said, Foden – the kid can do everything. Um, young player of the year, tw two years in a row. Um, De Bruyne, I mean, the the pass to Holland. <laughs> I don't know if he even looked up. <laughs> he just sort of put it at the back post and Holland was like, yeah, I'll be there. Um, just unreal. And even Grealish, he had to answer a lot of questions. Um, he hadn't been really playing well, not really producing much. Um not looking great in this pep system, but uh, this weekend was, was different. Um, his different gravy against Man U and he'll be hoping that continues. Um, I'll just answer this question. Was this man city at their best? Yes. This was man city at their best. Um, probably not giving up three goals, which I'm sure will drive them crazy to, to know that they give up that many, but um, in the highest scoring Manchester Derby, um, Manchester City's offense, at least, was best best in the world, I think, easily. Um, yeah, it was really good. And I just got a, a, a buzz in through my comms, through uh, my stat guy in the closet over the 
Golden Boot Race last year, Mo Salah and Youngman's son were tied on 23. And then it was uh, Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo with 18 and Kane 18, with 17. Okay, that's yeah, That's where I got to 18. So he's, what does that mean? He's 11 away. By the way, Harry Kane scored 17 goals last year and was fourth place on the Golden Boot Race. Erling Holland already has 14 goals. Harry Kane has seven goals, the second right now in league for scoring. Erling Holland has 14. That's yeah. Anyway, a lot to look forward to there. And quickly, we're I just have a, a question, another question before we get into to Tottenham. Um, what can Manchester United, excuse me, Manchester United take away from this game, Steve? Uh they can take away that they just broke the bank for one of the most consistent central defensive midfielders um, of all time and don't start them against Manchester City and Casemiro. Uh, yeah, I think United got a little... I And it's so funny to say this out loud, like cocky in their four-game streak of beating teams of Arsenal, Liverpool, um, and winning four league games in a row. And they came in, and Ten Hag was quoted before the game this week and saying, yeah, we're going in, we're playing our kind of football. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. Like, you want to build things, that's great, but it's you don't go into the Etihad against Manchester City leaving yourself exposed like that in open play. Um, that's not the way you're going to get a, a point here. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's the way you lose games. You know, like, we talk about that a lot, I think, on the show of, oh, if this coach gets beat, bad then he might be sacked but this is what we're talking about um mm-hmm. it's interesting now to come into this this game and lose 2-0 1-0 2-1 3-1 even like it's a different it's a different conversation but they were down 4-0 in the first half like that's the yeah. facts they were losing 4-0 in the first half so yeah it, it's 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 terrible and you know, Ronaldo is also on the bench, which, you know, we can, I'm not going to even the get into thing. that whole, that whole discussion, but, you know, Ten Hag was quoted and saying like, Oh, I didn't want to bring Ronaldo on out of respect for his career. And I think it was the same with Casemiro. It's like, don't be afraid of making a first half substitution. Like, honestly, you cannot go out there and get waxed like you did. Even after the second goal goes in, bring on Casemiro in the 25th minute. Why not? Yeah. Why not? What like what are you playing for this year? It's Manchester United. It would have been an easy sub too. Erickson was not playing well. Yeah, it would have been an easy sub. But you think Erickson's going to love the guy? Great story, but no, doesn't belong in the field against Manchester City. It just doesn't. It doesn't. There's no reason not to start Casemiro. Um, but I'm not getting super dim. This is the Manchester United coming back down to earth. You won four league games. We talk about how early it is in the season. Um, and I will say, like, although they were garbage time goals, though, like, Anthony, fantastic goal. Gorgeous. Um, it, goal. Absolutely beautiful goal from open field. Um, 30, they met 20, 25, 27 yards out. Um, Curler, beautiful. Martial buries a penalty. And something I even like about Martial was he wasn't celebrating. He was pissed off, too. And I think that's good for Manchester United. Like, to get a yeah. goal scorer pissed off that – you know, that he wasn't even, didn't even find himself at this team last year. He was away on loan. So 
Maybe Martial's this guy for a tin hog up top. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it, you still don't know where Rashford plays. So it's Manchester United just has to get some consistency. And they were going with the if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. Sure, at, coming into this game against Manchester City, but I think it just exposed them entirely. That okay, no, 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 no. Like, let's go back to the drawing board. How am I going to actually shape and mold this team? Yeah. Um, to be better opponents than, you know, Liverpool, who's been terrible this year. And they beat Arsenal, credit to them, but you yeah. can't you can't drink your own Kool-Aid because then everybody else just is just screaming from the outside looking in. You're like, oh, what's going on? We're getting results. But uh, it's all about the bigger picture, which I think Ten Hag is learning very quickly about yep. the Premier League. And that's what I was going to say. I think it was, it was quite naive from him. Um, I get, you know, playing the same lineup and trying to build consistency like that, but it was naive uh, to say the least. Uh, but moving on, um, the North London Derby ended 3-1 to Arsenal. Um, but really, for me from this game, um, the red card ruined it, Steve, didn't it? It was a great game of football, honestly. Um, Scoreline is 3-1. First half was t- like... It was great. It was texting Cole and our friend Kyle Norton. I woke up because it was the early game at 7.30. I woke up and uh, in like the 20th minute and Harry Kane was taking a penalty and Tottenham was down 1-0. And I was like, oh my God, okay. Like, you know, that was my cup of coffee that morning. Um, it was a great first half. But yeah, that red card really, really kind of killed the game off. Tottenham kind of threw in the towel and um, made some subs and, yeah, disappointing to see. It's funny to see from Emerson Royale um, over the right back position, and he might have um, found himself even after a suspension, um, not in that right back position. <laughs> yeah, and I know you've brought him up uh, a couple times before in the pod. Um, interesting player, a very interesting player. Uh, I actually don't think it was a red card, um, but if it's made on field and that's what the you know that's what he. That's what he says on field, and there's not really enough to like tell him to go to the monitor and overturn it. You know, it's just. Uh, I think you were saying earlier, it's out of principle. That, you know, uh, a stupid yeah. tackle like that. You know, you make the ref make a decision, and um, just sort of went that way. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, it was a really good game. I think it was one one at half, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, early second half goal by Arsenal. They go up two one. God, party! It was a banger of a goal. It was amazing. Yeah, um, and you know it's. The red card, like, I, I was really interested to see how Arsenal was going to close out that game. Being up 2-1 against a really good opponent in Tottenham. Um, both up there at the top, and they will be all year fighting. Um, could Arsenal hold out against a, a veteran? Can you say veteran Tottenham team? I mean, they got a lot of older guys on, on there um, who've... <laughs> played a lot of games. Yeah. Played some big ones too. Played some big games. So um I was interested to see that, but unfortunately, uh, we didn't get to see it because it was a stupid red card. Um yeah. any other thoughts there? Yeah, I mean I will say, like talking about players, seasoned veterans on Tottenham, Hugo Larice with a very, very oh, bad that was an awful mistake too. A very bad mistake. Just Christian Romero um playing the ball back to him and 
Lloris anticipating it, but the ball just going underneath Lloris and Jesus with the tap in goal, like the momentum just yeah. shifted. Um, and when you're giving up goals like that, you can't do that against an Arsenal team that I've been saying since the very first week of the Premier League season that this team is good. And I even said I wouldn't be surprised if they finished above Tottenham this year. Um, yeah. yeah, this team's this team's really good. Lloris with a bad mistake. And then Emerson Royale, right, with the mistake as well. It's a discipline yeah, thing. You can't do and that. It, and it can't be this way under Antonio Conte. And I have full faith in the manager to fix it because that's what Conte does. Um, however, it's, it's lapses in concentration. Lapses of concentration that cost the goal and Emerson Royale. Uh, like, yeah, I was saying before the pod that my dad would say in baseball, you know, watching TV, like, oh man, that's just a strikeout on principle or he's out on principle. And I think that's what the, the referee was kind of thinking, like, what are you doing? So, um, and it was a good game. You know, you saw some, mm -hmm. you saw some bright spots from Tottenham going on the counter. It's kind of what we do. Um, but I will say we were kind of in that holding shape on that first goal. So much space around Thomas Party just to take that one time. It was a beautiful strike. But mm -hmm. I think it, Tottenham will build on the loss. I'm not worried about the team. And Arsenal's still fine. I, mean, I think Manchester City is going to win the league this year. But, um, you know, people are going to start talking about instead of which North London, uh, which North London team going to be in the top four and – start talking about both teams being in the top four and who's dropping out in the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool. So, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Like you said, you can't make those mistakes in these big games or they will cost you. And it costed Tottenham on the day. Um, speaking of Liverpool, uh, Liverpool look very shaky at the back and can, you know, continue to do so. Leandro Trossard for Brighton scores a hat trick in a three, three draw. Actually, um, so I guess Liverpool scoring goals again, but can't defend well. Um, that was a sort of fun game. Our boy Miguel Almiron Miggy uh, scores a brace, and one of the goals of the season will end, end up being probably one of the goals of the season. I don't know if you saw it, Steve, but it was absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, in the Newcastle 4 1 win against a man down Fulham, I think they got a red card in the eighth minute, I want to say it was very, very early on, but. Mitrovic goes off injured. I haven't heard any reports on what that is looking like, but we can really only hope for the best because the Premier League is better with him in. I think he's third right now in the Golden Boot race. Um, mm -hmm. And if he's going to get to 18, like we say 15 or 18, 18. Um, I don't remember. He's going to need to be healthy. So <laughs> um, hopefully that's all right. Um, Leicester City today, the day we're recording, um, blew by Nottingham Forest for nothing. Um, alarm bells for Nottingham Forest, I think. Um, we don't really have to talk into it. But they did not look good, and they did not look a team. And they're not a team because they're a brand-new team because they signed 26 players. <laughs> so a lot of gelling that needs to happen there obviously um west ham beat wolves to nothing and then wolves sack bruno lodge their coach steve do you know any portuguese uh, coaches out there that could fill this this wolves head coaching role uh, oh man you know my dad says that uh the biggest uh, shout out matt curl this episode for the jersey <laughs> by the way Bringing it back uh, from Madrid, Spain, so it's authentic. Um, but no, my dad always says we have Portuguese in our blood, so maybe they can give my dad a call. Um, 
he's managed some great teams uh, in in the past of me growing up. So maybe Matt Curl is the one to write the shit for Wolves. Or, yeah, I, I have no idea. Diego Costa speaks Portuguese. Just make him the coach. I don't know. He's probably shouldn't be yeah. out on the field anyways. So he's, he's going to become a player coach. He actually didn't look bad on the weekend, by the way. By the way. Um, but that's funny. We'll see. We'll see what, what Wolves do there. Um, and then, yeah, back to Chelsea. Chelsea went through the magic of football. Um, former Crystal Palace loanee and player of the season for them last season scores a banger in the 90th minute to win the game 2-1. That is Connor Gallagher I'm speaking of, by the way. I just realized I didn't say his name. Um, <laughs> it was a beautiful goal, and only soccer could write that type of story. Um, but there's a lot of controversy in this game. Um, and another poor refereeing decision. Oh, I'll let you take really, that away. Really changed the game. Did you see this? I think I sent it to you. I I, I did not. I was busy pouring um, lattes this past weekend. God, I, I wish I was there to go grab a nice latte from you. Um, yeah, yeah. Tiago Silva, the veteran center back for Chelsea, um, gets sort of jockeyed off the ball, falls down, expecting the foul call, and reaches out multiple times to grab the ball away. While Jordan Ayew, if the ball wasn't touched by two hands, would have been in on goal. I think they're about... 30 to 40 yards out. So it would have been, you know, a little distance covered, but he was in and he would have had defenders sprinting after him. Let's just say that clear, clear chance on goal um, or chance to go to goal that Tiago Silva handballed. It's one of the most clear red cards. I think you could give, um, I don't know. I don't know. Let us know your, your thoughts down in the comments. But I saw and I was confused. I was baffled about how it wasn't a red card, to be honest. Absolutely baffled. But nowadays with VAR and referees, especially in the Premier League, you just – do you ever really know what they're going to do? Do you ever really know? Um, I don't you think know, you do. I just can't wait for you to be coaching uh, a Little League soccer team out there and just <laughs> – handing the referee on the field like <laughs> a stick and some glasses like okay like these are obviously for you because gosh i mean it's gonna be amazing but they you should know, be they invisible steve they should be invisible <laughs> i love it i love it so much Anywho. i believe you i don't even need to watch it i believe you full-heartedly good good because you should because it was ridiculous um but yeah, one you know, hopefully one day they'll get get the AR right and maybe have a station in London that reviews all the plays and it's the same people every week that are expert rules analysts like we do here in America. Still get them wrong time to time, but um, might be might be better that way. Um, to wrap us up today, though, Steve, we have the Premier League preview for these next week of games. I only put three on here because there's really only three good ones. Yeah. Um, Probably, I don't know if this is the best one. These are three good ones, three good options. Brighton versus Tottenham. What are your thoughts? Uh, Brighton's a good team. Don't sleep on them or you will lose this game, Tottenham. They have not missed a beat since Graham Potter has left. Um, we saw what they did to Liverpool. Um, mm -hmm. So Tottenham's defense, confident in. Lloris needs a good game. Um, don't know what we're going to do at the right back position. So that'll be fun. Heard we might have a 
Perisic on the right, Sassan Young on the left. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, look at the building for confidence. Yeah, yeah, I think Tottenham will win this game. Um, but I think they're 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 close on the table, aren't they? Is it Brighton third, Tottenham fourth, or maybe the other way? I think they're right there. Yeah, right now it's Tottenham is at third on 17 points, and Brighton is in fourth on 14 points ahead of Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool. Go Brighton, baby. Go Seagulls. Wow. So it's a big game for both these teams if they want to keep sticking up there. Um, I think Tottenham will win, but maybe a draw, maybe a fun draw. Um, that's not what Tottenham wants, but it's at Brighton. Anything can really happen. Um, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Now this massive game, massive game. Um, it's at Arsenal. I don't, I don't really know where, where to begin other than Arsenal are consistently very good. They will not lose. And Liverpool have been super, super inconsistent and shaky all over the field this year. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm not going to bet against Liverpool because that just feels wrong. You know, that just feels weird. I can't really do that. But I, I do think Arsenal will win. I, I really do. Yeah. I think I think it'll be a. I think it'll be two one. I can't see Liverpool not scoring, but I hope it's a, I hope it's fun. I hope it's the most fun game in the weekend. Yeah, talking about a stamp on a game, uh, I think if Arsenal comes out here and wins by a couple goals, yeah, I mean, two things. It's Liverpool panic mode, and uh-oh, watch out. Arsenal could win the league or come in second place this year. Um, so it's going to be a great game. I got Arsenal winning um, very comfortably at home. That place mm. is no joke to go and play. Yeah, I mean that's a great shout too. I it's it's one of those games it's hard to predict. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think the media will start to change if Arsenal go win this yes. game, especially big like you're saying. The media will start to be like, it's not a two horse race with Liverpool and Man City anymore. It's gonna be Arsenal Man City, um, and that that would just be crazy to see that sort of. I think shape. it's like. Uh, first thing comes to my head of is Voldemort coming back and everybody's <laughs> trying to quiet it down. Like, don't talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's all cool. And then the ministry of magic, you know, the boom, like all the windows get blown off. So he's back. I think that's, I think that's the <laughs> arsenal effect here soon. Uh, Kyle Norton. God, we got to have him on the show. I want to hear it so bad. Um, but yeah, this team's no joke, and the media will shift. Yeah, definitely. Leave it to Steve for the great analogies and metaphors and all things. Um, the last one we're going to review here is uh, Everton versus Manchester United. Everton on, I think, 10 points now. Um, yep. Playing consistent and consistently okay. They got a win this past weekend. Um, Manchester United. They were started off poorly, were playing really well, and they looked absolutely awful this weekend. What do you expect out of this game? Uh, two bad teams going at it. Um, <laughs> I mean, if Everton wins this game, like they're ahead of Manchester United on points. Like they could go to six. I don't know. Jeez. Like that's what's so weird. Um, Everton's bad. Manchester United's bad. 
Um, but it'll be an interesting response to see how United comes back after this embarrassing loss to City. I think yeah. United will come out and not mess around. Casemiro starts. Ronaldo sees the field in some shape or form. Um, and Tin Hog gets the result. Um, so I think it's I think it's a must. I think it's a very not even a must. It's not a must win. That term's used too much, but it's a very important bounce back game for the Red yeah. Devils at this point in the season. Um, yeah, it's it's really important, and Everton will be looking to frustrate Man United on the ball and get a point, steal a win. So, but I could yeah. I could see this game swinging either way, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It's at Goodison Park, so it's at Everton. I mean, you never know. Frank Lampard's definitely going to want to frustrate the Red Devils, and I think they can do it. Um, yeah, I don't. It's hard to say. I have much faith in Everton to do something well, um, just from what they've shown us the past year. But they're playing consistently and quietly consistently. Um, so. That one should be a fun one. Manchester United, again, will be looking to bounce back. Who starts up front? Is it Ronaldo? Does, does Ten Hag give him a go? Um, or are they sticking with their Maybe. consistent lineup? Who knows? Maybe Casemiro doesn't even start. Um, no one knows, but we will see this weekend. Um, and it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Sports are fun, aren't they, Steve? Yeah, sports <laughs> are fun. You know, we I'm going to go them. watch Atlanta United this Sunday with my dad. And oh, just... last game of the year. Uh, last game of the year, which it had higher stakes on it, but it doesn't. Uh, but you know, it's just gonna be a good time. You good know, day out. We just That'll love sports. That'll be fun. Well, tell Matt I said hey, and oh, that we talked about in this podcast. Oh, uh, but that that really about wraps things up for today on the Bad Fan. Support our coverage of postseason baseball, the Premier League, and all other sports news by becoming a Bad Fan today. All you gotta do is subscribe to the channel, uh, and if you want to stay updated every time we close please click the bell below this video if you like what you heard today drop a like and a comment we want to hear those thoughts and those likes really just make us feel good inside don't steve yeah they just really warm my belly <laughs> warm and cozy right just uh, like a nice, nice glass of apple cider with the oh, cool, gonna, brisk air i thought you were gonna say a bowl of chili uh, but last but not least interact with us on twitter and instagram with your biggest reactions um, you can find those links in the description of this video. Again, I've been Brandon Paisnick. That's been Stephen Curl. And we will see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.